You're listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast, where our focus is helping people to connect to God, change, and thrive in life. An awesome God, a God of great uh, mercy and love and understanding, uh, a God of true and righteous justice. And uh, Father, we want to leave here today inspired uh, by you, wanting to follow your son Jesus Thank you so much uh, for creating the church, the gathering uh, of people who are wanting to hear about you, follow your word, and really live life uh, together in one another's lives as we try to be a light in this great dark world. We love you. We stand in awe of who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to welcome everybody here to our annual Harvest Fest. It's great to be together here, Greater Long Beach. If, uh, if you're here for the first time, I want to thank you so much for joining us. And um, this is the Greater Long Beach Church, and we do this every year. We, we usually meet in the front of the school, but uh, every year we come back here and have a great time. We're going to have a shorter service today and then go outside and have a great time of fun and family and friendship and food, and uh, it's going to be an awesome time together. Uh, So we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning. I do have a couple of uh, things I want to announce and introduce to us uh, just to encourage uh, us here as members of the church. Uh, We have um, a few people who are, uh, have been added to the family here in the past week. First of all, we have two babies that were born this past week. And um, Justin and Linda Prakash had their baby girl, uh, Loveth. And obviously Linda's not here with us. Uh, Justin is here, though. I was amazed. I got, wow, okay, Justin. Because uh, he wanted to, he was going to serve in the connection table today. So... He's here somewhere, so if you see him, Justin, are you in here? He's outside with a connection table. Look at that. So if you see him, encourage him. That, that gives you an excuse to go by the connection table after church. Encourage our brother Justin. Uh, their first baby was born this past week. And then our campus minister, Greg, and his wife, Dawn, had their baby, Miles, uh, just a few days ago. And... Um, Unfortunately, I don't have pictures for everybody, but you'll see the, the you'll see them on Facebook and everything. But it's so cool uh, seeing two babies being born this past week from very special members here of the congregation. Um, we have a family. Uh, I don't know if I've introduced them before to us, but we do have a family that has recently moved into the Greater Long Beach uh, Church uh, from actually our church in New York, in New York City. And um, they moved here, and they're very uh, well-known amongst our Korean families here in the church. And I really want to welcome, kind of, I guess, I don't know if I've introduced them before, but if I haven't, I'm sorry. But uh, Sean and Naomi Han are here with us, and I want to introduce them to you. Sean uh, has been here for a couple months, and his wife Naomi has just, he, he just drove cross country to bring her back over here to LA and to Long Beach, and so we're grateful to have you guys with us. Uh, Sean uh, served as an elder in the church in the New York City church, and um, is now located here, and we're so excited to have you to learn some, uh, from their experience and their expertise, and so uh, please meet Sean and Naomi when you get a chance, and then they're also their daughter Joy moved here, and part of the singles ministry, Joy Han, 
You can go ahead and stand, Joy. Don't be shy. <laughs> There's Joy right there. And uh, this is my son, Jonathan, right here. Wants to hang out. He's, uh, he was supposed to be Daniel Tiger from Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. But we bought the outfit like a month, a month ago, two months ago, and he outgrew the shirt. So now he's just got the pants. So he kind of looks like a disco's like velvet pants guy or something like that. Anyway, people ask me, what is your son supposed to be the gay? I don't, I don't know. Um, so anyway, that's been uh, really exciting. So we want to welcome the Han fam- family. Han family. Uh, we also had uh, three uh, people get baptized this past week, and I want to introduce them to you in, um, in our family ministry, in um, Mike and Evelyn James and their Bible talk, their family group. Uh, Kelly was baptized. Where's Kelly? There she is, right over here in the corner. We got to wave big. Wave big, Kelly. Kelly was baptized last Sunday, and uh, her sister and her brother-in-law are both uh, disciples here in the church, uh, so it's really great to see family members uh, being baptized. In our campus ministry from Long Beach City, uh, we had a brother named um, Noah Lewis get baptized this past Wednesday. <laughs> Noah, you got to wave big so everybody, you got to stand up and wave big so everybody can see you. There we go. Noah got baptized on Wednesday night, and then uh, yesterday uh, we had a sister in the family ministry uh, get baptized, and her name is Veronica Moy, and Veronica is right here. So I want to just introduce them to you in the fellowship today. Please approach these people, welcome them into the family. It is, uh, it, it takes courage. It takes faith to say, Jesus is Lord, and I'm going to walk and follow him the rest of my days, and not just follow him, but do what he asks me to do. And so I really want to encourage us as a family to wrap our arms around our young Christians and encourage them in their faith. Amen? Okay. We're going to read a couple verses and then take communion together. I do want to just uh, introduce our membership class, and again, I want to encourage you to sign up for it today. We're going to have this next Sunday after church. Lunch and child care will be provided. If you're uh, transferring in from another uh, uh, congregation or moving in from another congregation, we want you to come to this. If you are um, uh, just got baptized uh, or just, uh, uh, um, yeah, just got baptized, we want you to come to this. If you uh, have been coming to church and attending the past few months and you want to get more information of what it, what it means to place membership in the church, what it means to be a member of the Greater Long Beach Church, we want you to come to this class. So today after service, at our connection table, when you walk out, you'll see the table right there. We want to encourage you to sign up uh, so we know how much food to get. And uh, right now we have about 25 people signed up or something like that. So uh, we do want to encourage you to come and sign up for that today. Even if you're here for the first time and you just want to find out a little bit more about the Greater Long Beach Church and what we believe, what we're trying to do, uh, please come and sign up for that class. It's next Sunday, uh, October 30th, after church. We are in the middle of taking our Financial Peace University under the theme Unchained. And for those of you who are new here, we, the family ministry, are, are a lot of our married couples, single parents, and single professionals... We're all going through a nine-week course from Dave Ramsey called Financial Peace University. 
we have decided that we don't want debt to enslave us anymore. We want to be unchained. We want, we, there are things in our lives that keep us enslaved, that keep us chained. Uh, a few weeks ago, I want to encourage you, we're going to continue our series here, so I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to it, go online. You can listen to, uh, catch up a little bit what we've been talking about. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how um, uh, money management is a spiritual issue. And, and, and we talked about how God views it as a spiritual issue in the scriptures. And then last week, we did a Bible study in the Old Testament about how pride, pride and our, and our, and our desire for what we want keeps us chained. And instead, we need to view everything that we have as a stewardship, that it is temporary, and that we will be held accountable. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to those lessons, go back, listen to them. Uh, took some good Bible study there for us, even from the Old Testament last week. Uh, so we're in the middle of this. And I, yesterday, just yesterday, I was looking, I was just perusing online, and USA Today came out with an article just about student debt. Do you want to hear what they had to say about student debt in some of their research? The average class of 26, the average Class of 2016 graduates, the average graduate in this year racked up just over $37,000 in student debt, up 6% from the previous year. The average graduate this year has 37, American graduate has $37,000 in debt, student debt. The average 20 to 30-year-old American's monthly student loan payment is $351 a month. Can you imagine? You just got your first job, but I'm strapped down by having to pay this $350 bill every month. Chained. 43 million Americans collectively... Oh, $1.3 trillion in student loans. I don't even know how to write a trillion other than just to letter it out. I mean, come on. $1.3 trillion in student loans. I don't think this was God's plan for us. Do you? I don't think, if you're a college student right now, I don't think God was like, I can't wait for you to go to college and have $30,000 in student loan debt. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. You know? I don't think God was thinking that. Jesus, in one of his interactions with his followers, he's here trying to explain to them the nature of God. By using a topic that they would already understand. He talks about sheep and shepherd. And in John, in the middle of his teaching, he's talking about how he's the gate and the sheep enter through him. And in the middle of his teaching, he gives us this very profound promise. Oh, title of today's lesson is Marshmallows and Chains. Marsh, you'll get it in a minute. We're going to do a little project here. John 10, verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
Jesus makes a proclamation about himself. I'm the gate. You can only get through the Father for me. You can only, if you want to be with God, you can only go through me. And then in the middle of this teaching, he gives a promise. He says, listen, I've come that the sheep, that they will have life and have it to the full. Is that not an amazing promise? Jesus says, come follow me. Watch what I do. Put my words into practice. And you will have life, real life, and have it to the full. It's an amazing promise. He doesn't say, come follow me and experience debt and shallow relationships and constant stress. No, he didn't say that. He says life to the full. Now, he doesn't say you're going to have a life without problems. You will have the problems. But the problems you'll be able to face with faith and with his lordship. But what happens? Since the beginning of time, what God has to offer us is not enough because we want what we want right now and are unwilling to wait on Him. We want it right now. We're like that girl, Veruca, from, from uh, Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory. It's on my mind because my kids watch that literally almost every day. I want an Oompa Loompa now! Right? No, I want a, a goose now! I want a chocolate river! I want. This is how we get in life. We don't want to wait. We want our thing right now. In the 60s, Walter Mischel, we've heard of this. We know this. We've seen this before. The marshmallow test. You guys heard of this? The marshmallow test. We're going to do our own marshmallow test right now. Hey, kids, are we here? Do we have the kids here? I'm really proud of the kids being here today. Okay. I have some helpers. Do I have my helper set up? DK? Okay. If you're in kindergarten, first grade, or second grade, I want you to stand up. And raise your hand so that our friends can see you. We're going to give you a marshmallow. We have a kindergartner. We have kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. Come over here, Sam. Yep, over here, this side. I mean, there's some right here. We need some, some help in the middle. We need some help in the, in the middle. Okay. Parents, maybe you can help me by, you know, because they're little arms, you know. If you can help us here, parents, thank you. Kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. Please be, uh, please bear with our helpers here as they do this, because we got to get all around. How we doing? How we doing? We need some help up here. We need some up here in the middle. How we doing? How we doing? Up there at the top, Justin?
Okay. Here's what we're going to do, kids. I need your attention. I want you to hold that marshmallow in your hand. If you keep it in your hand and do not eat it by the end of this sermon, I will give you another one. And you get two marshmallows instead of one. If you eat it during the sermon, you will not get any marshmallows. And parents, don't cheat for your kids. I know how parents can get sometimes. Let's instill some character here with our kids, all right? Honor's code. Okay? So, kids, did you get that? If you do not eat your marshmallow, by the end of this sermon, before I pray for communion, before I pray for communion, you will get another marshmallow. Would you want one or two? Who wants two marshmallows? Brother Victor over here in our singles ministry wants four. Zion, did you get one? You got, okay. Did she eat it already? Oh, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, anybody else need a marshmallow? Okay, here's the deal. Okay, kids, you got to be quiet now. you got to be quiet. You cannot eat the marshmallow. I mean, you could eat it, but you won't get another one. Here's the deal. And for those of us, for parents and adults, we, we kind of have seen this before. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a video on YouTube about this. You can look at it later. But a, a professor, Stanford professor, Walter Mitchell, did this experiment with 654-year-olds. He basically was trying to study... The effects of delayed gratification versus instant gratification. And what he did was he would place them in isolation for 15 minutes in a room, and they had to stare at the marshmallow. And they were not allowed to eat, well, they could eat it, but if they didn't eat it, they would get another one. Okay? And what happened was in the original experiment, 70% of the kids that they did this with could not stand the whole 15 minutes without eating that one marshmallow. Now, years later, here's what's interesting. Years later, many, many years later, he actually tracked down the majority of those people. And they all had very similar characteristics or a similar theme throughout that 70%. The 70%... Had be, all, all had different types of behavioral problems in school or at home, difficulty maintaining relationships, 200 points lower in SAT scores than the other 30%. Then he modified the experiment. They modified it. And, they, and what they did was they brought the kids in and they showed a video of what kids, the 30% kids, what they did to maintain strong during that temptation. And a lot of these kids, what they did was they would look around, or they'd get busy with something else, or try to distract themselves. And then those kids went in, and they were able to stand firm. The point being that this idea of delayed gratification is something that can be learned. 
Like, in other words, you could learn this. It's not something, it's not, oh, well, that's just how I am and who I am. No, it's something that can be learned. You guys follow me on this? What in the world does this have to do with Jesus' promises? Well, here's our issue. And it started at the beginning of history of the world in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Adam and Eve in the garden been given everything by God. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. God gave Adam and Eve everything. But he provided a boundary. Just don't touch the fruit from this particular tree. But everything else is yours. And this crafty serpent, the thief that comes to steal and destroy, says, you will not certainly die. For, the God, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was just standing there and he ate it. Now, that marriage relationship situation, that's a whole other lesson for a whole other time as Adam's just standing there watching his wife, oh, I guess that looks good, I'll have some of that, even though he knows the boundary that God set. We know this story. At this moment, it's all history from there. This is the root of our sinful nature. The desire for instant gratification versus delaying it until we do things God's way. And this is your story. This is my story. In relationships, in finances, in family life, God has given us everything for our good, but He has set certain boundaries up. If we do things His way or wait on His plan to unfold, God will bless it, but He's put certain boundaries up. He doesn't give you more than you can handle. He gives you enough so that you can steward it because you will be held accountable, like we talked about last week. Whether it be money, whether it be talent and, and gift, giftedness, whether it be a, a relationship, a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, a romantic relationship, God has given us and yet has set certain boundaries and we mess it up because we want the Oompa Loompa right now. So many relationships are broken because we don't wait on God's plan. So many scars because we don't wait on God's plan. Debt enslaves us and chains us down because we didn't want to delay gratification. What we see is pleasing to the eye and desirable. 
and we want it now. Two quick thoughts and a principle. Number one, the gateway to spiritual slavery is the desire for instant gratification. The gateway to spiritual slavery is the desire for instant gratification. You know, another story takes place in the Old Testament. Abraham, the father of faith, has a son, Isaac, a promised son, Isaac. Isaac has two kids. What are their names? You guys remember? Esau and Jacob, right? And they're twins, but Esau comes out first, so he's the the birthright owner, right? And in one occurrence, Esau returns from a hunt and is famished, super hungry, and Jacob, the manipulator and deceiver that he is, is making some stew. And Esau says, man... Give me a bowl of stew, please. And Jacob says, well, I'll give it to you if you give me your birthright. And he plays him. And Esau, I want it now, gives up his birthright and takes the stew. And from then on, he's known as this person in history who just had no control, really, and lost everything because of his lack of control. You ever do this with God before? I'll do whatever it takes for that bowl of stew. God, if, if you give me this job, I'll follow you to the end of my days. God, if you give me this girlfriend, if you give me this boyfriend, God, if you, if you, please, if you just give me this A on this final that I didn't study for, God, I will be committed to you. Show me a miracle, God. Do you see what I'm saying? We get like this with God, just like Esau. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 12 says, See that no one is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. This is what Esau is remembered for. Wasting away his inheritance for a single meal. The gateway to spiritual slavery is the desire for instant gratification. Secondly, instant gratification will always leave you wanting. Do you, isn't that true? When you think about it, isn't that so true? When you have, when you watch uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and Veruca wants everything right now, she always wants the next thing. And so not one thing satisfies her. She needs the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You know, sometimes you've been super hungry and you throw down on two double-doubles at In-N-Out. And you're super full and you're like, wow, I'm satisfied. But that, that, that feeling of satisfaction goes away within a couple hours. And you're hungry again. You see what I'm saying? You're always left wanting. It's never enough. And this is the issue with debt and with money. We want more. We want it now. We need to get it now. 
I need that outfit right now. I need those shoes right now. I need that car right now. No, you don't understand my situation, Reuben. I need this. No, you don't. But you want it because it's instant gratification. This is where we go. You know, I was so grateful that we did this nine-week course at Financial Peace University earlier this year with our, our core, our main leadership group. And Marina and I, you know, Sundays after church, it's a, it's a go. It's like, okay, what are we going to do on Sunday after church? We're going to go get lunch. And we're going to go buy lunch. And I remember, I mean, this is the easiest. You've got four kids. You've got to feed them. Let's just stop by, you know, wherever, drive through, get it, get the food in their mouths, and go. And I remember one time, we were going to hang out with our good friends, Tanya Yolanda Dietrich. And uh, Tanya Yolanda were doing the course with us. And we said, okay, where can we go? We can go here, we can go there, we can all take the kids over here, we can get food over here. And then we kind of looked at each other, and we had just done the budget. We had just organized our envelopes of cash. But we wanted instant gratification because it's the easiest thing to do. Just take care of it now. But we looked at each other and we said, you know what? Why don't we try to have an FPU lunch? And so we said, I got leftovers from yesterday. You guys have leftovers from yesterday. Hey, so Todd's like, we're going to go home. We'll pick up our leftovers. We'll come over to your house. And we'll just combine all the leftovers together, and that's going to be lunch. I'm telling you, it was a free lunch. Delayed gratification. And it was actually not that bad. Leftovers are not that bad on a Sunday after church. That little decision, though, changed our perspective. Does that make sense? Because delayed gratification can be learned. We live in a one marshmallow world with a two marshmallow God. This is the thing that I want you to remember when you leave here today. I want you to memorize this. You can take a picture of that. You can post that. I don't care what you want to do with it. But I want you to remember this. We live in a one marshmallow world. Everything's right there, pleasing to the eye, desirable right there. But we have a two marshmallow God. In other words, he has so much more in store for your life. He has so much more in store for my life. He wants so much more for us. But we, you and I, we settle for that one marshmallow. Instead of waiting on God. And we do this. We do this with purity and impurity decisions and temptations. We do this with money. We do this with relationships, guy-girl relationships, romantic relationships. We do this. We do this in our marriages, broken marriages. Because of instant gratification, the one marshmallow there on the Internet or whatever, we, we, broken. And we don't wait on God who has two marshmallows for you. He has two marshmallows for me. The pursuit of instant gratification keeps us chained down. It keeps us enslaved to debt, to shallow relationships. It keeps us away from experiencing what God has in store for us. Can you imagine, can you imagine what type of freedom you would feel 
if you delayed gratification a bit? Think about your financial management. Those of us who are going through this financial peace program, think about it. Think about if you if you were to just delay that vacation that you were going to put on your credit card and actually saved up for it and paid for it in cash, what kind of freedom would you feel? Can you imagine if you actually worked towards getting that $1,000 emergency fund and then your car breaks down and you don't have to put it on your credit card, you actually have the money to pay for your car, which is what happened to us two or three times this past year, and I was so thankful that we had that emergency fund. Can you imagine the freedom you would feel if you delayed it just a little bit, if you had a plan and stuck to it? Can you imagine entering a romantic relationship with someone and instead of crossing boundaries of purity, you delay and you wait to do things God's way in His design? I'll tell you, you will get two marshmallows, not one. Dave Ramsey says this, the definition of, one definition of maturity is learning to delay pleasure. Children do what feels good. Adults devise a plan and follow it. You and I live in a one marshmallow world with a two marshmallow God. I want to encourage you today. Let's do things His ways. Let's wait for Him to make His plan clear and obvious to us. You say, well, what does that mean for me? Well, so, for some of you, this means sticking with a plan regarding your finances. Actually sticking to it. Not theoretically, but doing it. For some of you, it means stop playing with God like Esau. Oh, well, I'm gonna do the, I'll do this for you, God, if you... Not that. No. God already did something for you, therefore you respond. Stop playing with God like Esau. God wants to give you life to the full and your way, His way, and your way is not cutting it. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. Get in a personal Bible study with somebody today. Sign up. Go outside. Sign up for a membership class. Find out what it means to be a part of a community of believers. Decide to join a family group. Take Some of you are on, they're on the edge of faith. And the waters of baptism are right there. And for some reason, you keep arguing with God and trying to make your point. And God's like, listen, dude, jump in the waters. i got two marshmallows for you. Stop being on the line with one. Le- take a leap of faith. Get baptized. You know, some of you here, a lot of you here are Christians. I want to encourage you in your view of Christianity... To view Christianity not as a one marshmallow religion, but as a two marshmallow religion. It's, about what, it's not about what you can't do, but it's about what you can do. Some of you today need to stop saying, I, I can't look at this, I can't look at this. Instead of saying, I can't, you need to say, I want to pursue purity. Stop saying, I can't do it, and start saying, I want to pursue two marshmallows. Some of you are saying, I I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be prideful anymore. God, help me not to be prideful. Instead of praying that, pray, God, I want to pursue humility. I want to go after humility. Not I can't do this or not a thing of rules, but a thing of 
I want to pursue. You guys follow me on this? This is the kind of Christianity that Jesus wants us to live. Life to the full. Where you're pursuing holiness, not afraid of unholiness. Because we live in a one marshmallow world with a two marshmallow God. Okay, let's see how we did with our experiment. Let all the kids who did not eat their marshmallow stand up on the bleacher and you will get another marshmallow. Nice. Right here? He almost did. It's melted. Some of the kids smash their marshmallows. They're like, no, I can't look at it. You get two marshmallows. Jakey, you did it? Okay, here's what we're going to do. As you get your, your second marshmallow there, we're going to say a prayer for our communion. You have, uh, everybody should have received a, uh, everybody should have received a communion cup here. If you have not uh, received a communion cup, please raise your hand. The ushers will come by and give you a, a, um, a communion cup. You just got to be patient. Communion cup right here in the middle. Please keep your hands raised if you need a communion cup. How about a marshmallow? We have some marshmallows afterwards. We'll have some left over so you can have a whole bag if you want. (laughs) Okay. Okay, kids, now you can eat your marshmallows. Eat both of them at the same time. Parents are like, no! Okay, we're going to say a prayer uh, for our communion. I want us to focus on this thought as we take communion. God has given you and I everything. Everything. And yet he's created certain boundaries. And instead of going for those one marshmallow relationships or that one marshmallow financial decision or that one marshmallow emotional, whatever it is, I want us to focus on what God's already given to us. And what he has in store for us through Jesus Christ is a two marshmallow life. Because that's who God is. He wants you and I to live a life, full life, and have it to the full. Let's pray as we take communion. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for uh, the bread that we're going to take that represents the, the body of Christ. Thank you so much for the juice that we're going to drink that represents the blood of Christ. As we take this communion, as we listen 
uh, to some music here as we kind of focus our attention and our thoughts on you before we go and have a lot of fun this afternoon. I pray that all of us here would understand there's, there's a decision. We are one decision away from instant gratification that we know, we know, if we delayed it a little bit, we would experience something even greater. Because that's who you are and that's what you want for our lives. You've already shown us, God, that you give us everything. Because you gave up your son, your one and only son, for each and every one of us. I pray for those of us today who are afraid of, of delaying gratification. That we would not be afraid, but be faithful and patient and wait on you. Father, I pray for those of us who are afraid of what it means to say Jesus is Lord and to follow you and to be baptized. I pray that we would take that leap of faith, that step of faith, and really live life to the full, a life that you've designed for us. Much for Jesus. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you for listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit greaterlongbeachchurch.com.